Hello and welcome to Impact Ed. I'm H.D. Chambers, the superintendent of schools for ALEF ISD, and I want to welcome everyone uh, across the Houston area, across Texas, and across our country that are listening to this. Uh, we're going to have a conversation today. I think you'll find it interesting, particularly if you're not in the school business, the wide variety of opportunities that students have these days uh, to take advantage of, uh, particularly at the high school level in terms of things they're interested in, is getting wider and wider every year. Uh, in my role as a superintendent, I, I say this quite often, after wanting to keep kids safe and secure, my number one priority is to give every student an opportunity to participate in some type of meaningful high school experience that leads to something meaningful after high school. And if I can do that, I would consider myself uh, successful. This is an example. I've got three ladies here, two professionals, and then one student, a graduate of Ailey ISD, a recent graduate back in 2019, or in in May of 2019, that are going to talk about our veterinary science program. Uh, This is not your typical father's ag program. That some of us may know this is this is a, a a program in which our students are being exposed to what it's like to work in the in the veterinary field, and uh, we've got an instructor again a student a recent graduate and then we have the director of our programs here with us and I'm going to let them introduce themselves so Jennifer I'm going to let you introduce yourself and then Phyllis you and then Elizabeth will wrap up with you but just kind of introduce yourself who you are what's going on and then we're going to get into the meat of, of veterinary science in our school district and how it impacts kids. Great. I'm Jennifer Baker, the Director of Career and Technical Education, and I couldn't be more excited about us being able to talk about what we're doing for our kids in ALEAF. I'm Phyllis Sams. I am actually uh, one of the veterinary science teachers here, and I am a licensed veterinary technician, so I'm licensed across the state of Texas and uh, across the United States as well. Um, I'm Elizabeth Wynn. I'm the recent uh, graduate, and currently I'm a CVA, which is a certified veterinary assistant. Elizabeth, are you working in the vet field yet? or you... Not yet. So, you know, if anybody want to hire me. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll do a little uh, public service announcement for Elizabeth in a little bit. And, and Phyllis, just to clarify your, your background. Um, yes. So I actually went to school to be a veterinary technician, went and got my associates and my bachelor's the whole nine yards, and um, actually worked in industry for a little over seven years. So um, have lots of expertise and ran two practices at one time the whole nine yards. So I did I did kind of a little bit of everything <laughs> in the clinics. And the, and the beauty of having someone like, like Phyllis is that these kids are being taught by someone who's been there, done it. Exactly. I mean, I kind of train them the same way I would train somebody that I hired to come into a clinic. So that's that's cool. Elizabeth, as a student, did you find that helpful? A lot. The way she teaches us and she builds a relationship with us and it, it's a lot easier to learn when you have a specific relationship with your teacher. It's like a lot easier to talk to and get feedback back and nothing negative, you know. Yeah. And plus, they're credible. I mean, they're they're teaching you something that they've actually done as opposed to someone that read it in a book and then tried to teach it, right? Exactly. I also teach them, like, they're they're all, like, at first they like to stand far away, and I'm like, no, no, we're going <laughs> to get in real close because you're going to be in real weird positions with each other one day in a clinic, so you <laughs> might as well get used to it now. <laughs> so Very good. Uh, Phyllis, if you would, just for, for people listening, describe the veterinary science program that we have here. I mean, what, what does it look like and what does it consist of? So um, our veterinary science program here at the center, we only 
um, have students basically for two years. But in order for them to come over, they start off, um, typically we like to start them off as a freshman. Obviously, everybody doesn't find their way to the ag program as a freshman, but that's okay. We can double up classes, you know, your sophomore year, things like that. Um, So we like for them to take a whole pathway. Um, Initially, they go ahead and they take principles of agriculture. Then their second year or they add on whatever, they'll take small animal management and equine science. Those are only semester classes. So they'll take one one semester, one the next. Or they have the option to do livestock production. It just depends on kind of where they they fit in. And then um, as a sophomore, Ms. Santiana and myself will send over to the main campuses, to the teachers, a little survey slash application for the students to start filling out about December. So they fill out this Google form, basically. It gets sent back to us. We filter through everything. They have to have references from teachers, and we have to know, you know, they've got good attendance because we don't want kids coming over here that are taking up a seat, but they never come to class right. type thing. Right. These kids are very deserving of this, and so we want we want everybody in here that we can get in. So as a Typically, as a junior, they will come in. They'll go to veterinary medical applications. That's where they're going to learn their terminology, um, basic anatomy, things like that, kind of get their feet wet with veterinary medicine, see if this is what they want to do. They they get exposed to having to clean up accidents and things like that because that's all part of the deal. And then as a typical senior or – I mean, we've we've got some juniors that are probably going to come through starting next year. Then they'll come to my class, which is practicum and veterinary science. That's where we really get our hands dirty. We kind of run more of the business aspect. Now, not to say that in veterinary medical applications, one day they don't start waiting on clients and things like that. Um, it's kind of some shift work that we really have going on. And it works really well for us. So I teach them a lot of hands-on how to restrain what their most important job is in the veterinary practice is restraining these animals. So I teach them to do it, and I teach them to do it well. That's why we like having these animals come in um, at every opportunity we can, because the more variety that we have, the more opportunities I can give these kids, the better their chances are of being more successful. So The way we get all these animals is that we run a a full day doggy daycare. <laughs> yes, doggy daycare and um, and grooming services. Mm-hmm. So, yep. I saw it described on some flyer as a spa package. Yes, <laughs> yes. they are at a spa. We okay. like to think of it that way. Maybe no bubbles, but you know. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, um, only in America. That's right. That's right. And I teach my kids. Um, sometimes these animals are these people's children. That's you right. know mm-hmm. and. Some people take better care of their animals than they do their own yep. children. I've seen it. So yep. um, it's just, you know, we, we try to make it look real kosher and um, and and fluffy, I guess is how you could say that, it. Well, that's, I mean, you're you're catering to a clientele. That that's right. This mm-hmm. is, you're right. It's In some cases, it's her kid. Elizabeth, Miss Sams was talking about the practicum portion of the class where you're actually working with animals and you're actually probably doing what you wanted to do when you first signed up for this. Where did you decide or when did you decide that that was an interest that you had? Was it a part of your endorsement selection or how did, how did you come to this? I always wanted a career towards veterinarian um, ever since I was very small. Like I think first grade, I okay. just knew. Since this program is pretty new, I was the first one to be here and I signed up. I had a teacher back at my uh, elder campus. She gave me papers and she told me she would interview me. 
um, I did well, and I got the paper set that I was in, and then I this is where I am. And, you know, this program gave me a lot of opportunities. I feel like it cracked a door open or, like, wider for mm-hmm. my career. Right. I feel like I'm on the right path. What, what is there a, a part of it you like the most? Is is there a the science of it or the dealing with the animals? I mean, is there something you enjoy more than others? That's hard. I like all of it. I like learning about it. It's something I want to know, you right. know, and being hands-on. It's also, I like that too because, you know, it gives me a lot of experience. So part of that experience included working at a vet's, getting your 300 hours yeah, at a Yeah, 300 hours. Sounds <laughs> a lot, but... Yeah. It's not so, that bad. how was that? Like working for a vet? I mean, did you? Because I mean, you're in the real world, working under somebody else's rules and regulations, and they ex- their expectations. How was that? The place I was at, I I loved it. They were very kind and open, and I learned a lot through them. Um, I felt like after I got into the um, the clinic, I felt like I was ahead of the kids that weren't in the clinic mm-hmm. that I was uh, learning with. So, uh, yeah, I was. A very I mean, eye-opening. Yeah, I can only teach them so much in the in the in the classroom because we don't have access to you know doing surgeries and things like that. And I can tell them all day long, but then when they go in that clinic and they see it in action, they're like, Whoa. "It was very cool. You know? It's it's different from seeing from the books and actually experiencing it. It's very cool. And you know, I feel like if you're in a clinic like I was, I feel like it can really you can really decide then, is this what you want to do? Because, you know, it's not always, oh, they're cute, you know, you can always, there's times that they bite you. And, <laughs> and, yeah, we had a lot of scenarios. It's, like, very messy, you know, I'm the one to clean it up, and, you know, I still want to do this. That's, you're starting from the bottom, <laughs> if you, right? If you yes. can live through, through urine and feces and That's bites, right. you, you've made it. So. Talk, you mentioned earlier the, the, the hours to, to get to the certification. I don't know if you want to. Maybe just talk through what is required of these kids. Sure. So the students, what we try to do is push for them to earn a certification. It's called um, basically their title would be a certified veterinary assistant. Um, In order to do that, they go through 200 hours of classroom time, which easy they get because they're in my classroom for an hour and a half every single day. And then not only do they do that, they have an additional 300 hours that they have to serve in a veterinary practice. Is that, that within way, a, a year or a time? Yes. So, so what happens is usually about April-ish, we like to try to have them take their um, state board exam mm-hmm. through Texas Veterinary Medical Association, and they take their exam. Once they take that exam, they have a full 365 days to complete those 300 hours. So, you know, they've got their they've got their 200 hours in by the time they take their exam, and, you know, we fully prepare them in class to, to take that exam and pass. And we and had a pretty good passing rate. We did. <laughs> National or the state passing rate is 85% and ours was 97. So, oh, wow. so we're excited. Um, first year doing that. That's so pretty like impressive. That's, that's, that's something to be proud of for yes, sure. It is. But yeah, then they have a full year. So for a lot of these kids, it was it was hard to get some doors knocked down to get kids into the clinics at first because they were all a little skeptical since mm-hmm. this is so new. But we got a couple kids in the door during the school year. But it's been a lot easier now that summer's around because we've been able to get kids into a lot more clinics. Obviously, they're not tied down with school. So they've had free summers where they can spend the whole day in a clinic. Um, so they can see everything from taking them in to doing surgeries because usually by the afternoons they weren't going to get to see surgeries and right. things like that. So quite a few of them earn their hours over the summer as well. So, yep. How, did you work in a clinic most of last year or? or more around from January okay. to mid 
March. Yeah, what? so it took her about two hours, two months to to get her hours. So you got your yeah. couple of months. It didn't take long. So it yeah. didn't really take long. You mentioned earlier that it was a lot different being in a clinic than looking at something on a book in a book. Yes. What was it about the clinic that you said you were cleaning up dog poop and all that? <laughs> all the and you time. still liked it. So um, I'm just curious. And your what is it that you like about it? And what what do, what do you see yourself doing in the future in the field? I'm hoping to pursue the veterinarian doctor, you know, the whole yeah. doctor name and everything. Oh. I'm hoping I could get there, you know, mm-hmm. working one by one slowly. But being in the clinic, um, it's a uh, more hands-on. It's real life. It's not yeah. behind classrooms. Uh, you're dealing with real clients, you know, real animals, and these are their, you know, babies. And and um, you just learn how to, uh, how do I say this, like customer service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very important. Being very professional with them, you can't just be like, your dog's gonna die. Like straight up, you gotta you gotta yeah. have that emotion. And be like, this is what we can do for you, and yeah, it's I learned stuff like that. And those are skills you can apply in a lot of things. Yes, not yes. just in your, <laughs> not just dealing with people's pets. We were talking before we started recording about just the the popularity of this program, the Act program. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, where were we? Several years ago in terms of um, numbers. and So our agriculture program, obviously veterinary science kind of falls under our ag science program. We had, I think the year before I came, so two years ago, they had about 50 FFA mm-hmm. members. Mm-hmm. And FFA is not just the kids that raise animals anymore. Right. There is so much more to FFA. There's leadership events, um, teaches these kids speaking skills, which we all know that everybody can utilize. Interviewing um, skills. Interviewing skills, mm-hmm. things like that. So we last year had, I think our final count was 172 members. Wow. And um, we just had finished our first FFA meeting last night. And um, we're looking like we're probably going to have about 200 members this year. So we are growing by leaps and bounds, that's yes. for sure. And mm-hmm. I had, um, just as an example, I had, we have four pig pens. I'm over pigs this year. <laughs> so we have four brand new pig pens. Three of them were already claimed at the end of last year when we had our meeting. After our meeting last night, I have five more kids that want to show pigs. So now I've got to go pour some more concrete somewhere <laughs> to put some more pigs out. out there. So, um, but yeah, it's growing by leaps and bounds. And I mean, you know, even if these kids decide, hey, I don't like this animal that I'm raising or anything else, it's at least taught them what it is to have responsibility, yep. to to own up to, you know, taking care of something. If you take it on, hey, you know, you decided to take this animal on, so you've got to have responsibility and figure it out. So We're in a, a very urban setting. A Leaf's a very diverse district. Very, very urban challenges of all kinds. 200 kids in an ag program sounds high for an urban district. I mean, my question is, is that is it a matter of exposing students who typically don't get exposed to this type of environment? Absolutely. I think so. I guess over the years, ag was kind of considered a, the ag class was an easy A type mm-hmm. thing. So your kids that probably weren't, you know, your top of your class, they would get, as we call, dumped into our classes. And I think it it, it takes a special teacher and Thank goodness we have I have worked with six other amazing ag science teachers in this district. We have really like 
talked up what FFA can do for any kid in this district. And um, and I think it's really like sunk into these kids who think like I'm going nowhere in life. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wait, I have a place in FFA. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's been amazing to, to have all these teachers and the way we've kind of all worked and planned, like how are we going to build our program and things like that. I actually the other day sent a student or, well, multiple students over to the ninth grade center that are obviously their seniors, ninth grade center, your freshmen. They went and talked to them about what FFA has done to them, what it means to them. And like, you could just see light bulbs apparently going off according to the teacher over there. So it finally all kind of came together and clicked for those kids. I think one of the things that kids probably that's helped this program grow by leaps and bounds. It's the teachers. I'll tell you that because what these teachers have to do, they're they're not only the teacher during the day, but they're also the FFA sponsor in the evening and on the weekend. So these kids build relationships with these teachers that most other teachers don't have the opportunity to have and do. So these kids become very, very uh, dedicated and loyal to these teachers. And so the program grows because kids stay in it. And then word of mouth and all of that happens. And I think that, I really think that's what's happened with with our program and why it's grown, because we've got a really a, a really good set of teachers that um, care a lot. The kids see that and kids in high school, if they can build a relationship with a teacher, you've got them mm-hmm. easy done. Absolutely. You don't. a lot of other things melt away that other teachers deal with it. Uh, ag teachers wouldn't necessarily have to deal well, with. Well, and you have those teachers that have trouble with kids in class, and they're like, I can't get them to work in my math class or whatever. And they'll call the ag teacher, hey, can you talk to this kid? Because apparently you're the only one that can deal with them. Mm-hmm. So we, we kind of get through the through the walls there. For a lot of people, they associate those types of things with like coaches. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Yep. Or fine arts, you yep. know, band directors, et cetera. And I think what gets lost in that conversation, and it's true, I mean, there's Many a, many a young man and young lady have gone through high school only because of a coach. Mm-hmm. But it's also true that many of a young man and young lady have only gone through high school because of an act teacher or because of someone that, as you talked about, cared enough about these kids to build relationships with them and spend times on Friday on a Thursday night meeting with a bunch of them or on Saturdays and show at shows and traveling all over the state of Texas to show their animals. You know, I'm saying all that, and y'all are shaking your heads. We all know that. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people out there listening to this that don't realize that because we don't have a show on Friday night in the stadium with 10,000 people watching it. They're not, they're, they're not, they don't realize how much time people like yourself and your colleagues put into it. Though Absolutely. People like Elizabeth do. They realize it. They get it. Yeah. Particularly the kids who choose the act, right? From a student's point of view, yeah, it means a lot when a teacher goes out of their way to tr- to tr- want to teach you, to want to build a bond with you. It, it's it's a very helpful in the long run. It's different from just somebody standing up in the room and just teaching you what they need to teach you. But Well, and I can say from a teacher's perspective, not only did Elizabeth, but I actually had a couple other students that already graduated they came back right before school started, like the Monday and Tuesday before school started, <laughs> and helped me and the Santion decorate our rooms, okay? <laughs> so, like, you know you got somewhere with somebody yeah. when, you know, they're just willing to come spend some time in the classroom that they've already graduated from and everything and help you decorate and get things together and that kind of thing. And, heck, I've even had a couple of them that have now earned their CVAs. They're like, well, whenever you do labs or whatever, we'll be happy to come in and help you facilitate labs and that kind of thing, too. So, I mean, it means a lot to to hear kids say things like that. 
part of wanting to have this this episode and talk about this topic is so that parents, not just an A-Leaf, but just parents in general, can hear about the benefits of, of an FFA program and veterinary science and all the other components of it. There's a place for every kid. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and obviously ag and veterinary science is not for every kid, but it's for a lot of them. And it's probably for a lot that don't even realize it. Or it's for kids who know it. They just didn't know there's an opportunity mm-hmm. out there. Exactly. Well, and actually right now, me and my kids in my class are going over. We have – so TEA says in our teaks, like, we have to teach um, record-keeping skills. And we have an online record-keeping system, which helps students earn um, their Lone Star Farmer degree through FFA and things like that. And so right now they're working on what their supervised agriculture experience is going to be. Well, I had a kid this morning. I was like, how many of you have jobs? And one works at HEB. And I said, well, that's agriculture related right there. Mm -hmm. So that can be your SAE, you know. Oh, really? I'll start putting my paychecks in here. So you can keep (laughs) records of like, you know, how much money are you making and how much is in your bank account now? Because, you know, you can kind of see what you're spending things on and, and that kind of thing. So it really helps these kids, not only just here in school, but they're going to learn record-keeping skills. They're going to learn how to be a productive citizen. Um, we make them do community service, things like that. And a lot, of, a lot of organizations do that with their kids as well. So I think one of the neatest things that I see as a director, I get invited to um, uh, judge their officer elections. And what I judge is the interview. I do the interviews. And there's a three-person panel, and these kids come in. And I've been in education 30-plus years and I've never seen, and, and I've been doing this also, this mm-hmm. interviewing stuff with ag kids for years and years and years, and I've never seen better interviewers at the ages that they are because they'll start interviewing for these, you know, uh, officer positions. At, they'll be as, as young a sophomore, as, yeah. as a sophomore, so they're 15 years old, <laughs> and they come in, they make eye contact, they shake hands. It's, it's amazing. I've never seen other kids have that type of it, – it's a soft skill that's, that's taught – Mm-hmm. embedded into the courses that they teach. So I've always thought these are the best. And, and when I've interviewed just adults for ag jobs, they're the best interviewers. <laughs> they all are really good at it because they've been doing it since they were kids. That's right. That's right. Yep. So uh, so if you want soft skills, go through ag. Go through the ag program, right? <laughs> you mentioned earlier what types of animals do our kids you mentioned the pigs. We have kids that want to show um, pigs. Yes. What, what are so, the types of animals? Um, kids agriculture. Um, we have exposure to agriculture, small animal. So through our FFA program, we've got kids right now that are showing heifers, steers. We'll have kids showing pigs, lambs, goats, chickens, rabbits. Turkeys. We, um, we may have some turkeys this year. We haven't. I, I don't know after our meeting last night who all had turkey interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, and then in our veterinary science program, We've got dogs and cats are typically what we take in. Right. Are we going to tell anybody no to anything else? No. No, because um, we have ferrets we and have we have ferrets. a goat, that baby goat yes, that came last year. Baby goat. Guinea pigs. Mr. Buster, he graduated. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, Miss Antion was kind enough. Well, 
I think it's because she had to take care of him. But she had a calf last year that needed some extra help. So we babysat a calf for a couple of days. A newborn, like yes, two, two, two days three, old. Do, three day old calf. So we had a calf. Looked like there. a large dog, but it's okay. <laughs> she and I have been looking at a, at a baby zebra that we want to get. <laughs> so there's no telling what you might find in our room one day. We had a little duckling actually come up the other day. And um, we found the little pond and... Man, I put him down and he went and jumped right back in with all the other ducklings and life was great again. So, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're willing to take on anything at any time. We had some guinea pigs for a while and we've had hamsters. What else? And, and those things, you know, having these animals in there teaches these kids to, you know, a little bit more responsibility as well. So we have one uh, uh, customer, so to speak, that brings in, she fosters um, puppies. Puppies, yep. And so she'll bring in about every couple every, every couple, couple of weeks. weeks she actually bring, just yeah. told me yesterday she's got three of them that yeah. are like a Rottweiler mix, she said. so Yeah, so these um, little things, we laugh because they never touch the ground. I mean, the kids are holding them the whole time, but they do all the services <laughs> on these. And when we do this for free for this lady because she fosters, so that's our give back is right. they do the bats and the grooming and the, all the different services that the kids have learned how to provide yep. for the and then we even tell her bring them back like right before they're rehomed or whatever bring them back we'll get them a good bath get them smelling good and everything right. so <laughs> when they go to their final home then you know they can get a they can go in smelling good and things like that so it's always hopping in the like literally there's always if you want to go have a break and go see some cute animal dog whatever's out there what's over ever in our program it's a nice little break to go have fun with these little animals we always have visitors yes we do you got to be on your best behavior because you never know who's going to walk through that door well because they're located in the center which is you know our big Mm -hmm. center we give a lot of tours just naturally because this place is um something that to be seen but yes these that's the probably when people walk up to that and they see the animals and then they'll invite us in. I mean, they. We don't like people just standing out looking through the windows. We, we're just like, come yeah. on in, just, you know, be I at walk, home with us. I walked us. in one day last year and there was a baby goat running around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, um, he and the ferrets had to learn how to live together and because they were always together. And there's the funniest video of the, 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 the ferrets were chasing the goat and he turned around and bucked one of their little heads. <laughs> and it went flying off the video, but it came back. I mean, it was okay, but it was funny how they yes, had to get along. It's, it's fun. Yes, for sure. It's there's never a dull moment in our room. I can tell you that. So we're always up, moving around. You know, they, we get they make us go to these classes on action based learning. I'm like, my class is always action based learning. <laughs> we're always moving around. So, um, but yeah, we we're always doing something. Whether it's making phone calls, learning how to greet clients, things like that, or we're up cleaning, mop. They, they all learn how to mop and do laundry, just so y'all know. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, there's a soft skill that we're sending them out in the real world with. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're always up doing something. So. so, Elizabeth, right now you're getting ready to go to school. Yeah, I'm going to do HTC to do my core classes and mm-hmm. then I'm going to transfer. Good. Smart. You're very smart. Thank you. I tried to encourage her that. I tried to encourage a lot of my students. I'm like, if you get some full ride scholarships, go for it. But if money is tight, like I'd stay at a junior college or something, get your core classes out of the way. mm -hmm. And it's a lot cheaper that that way. That is smart. That is Mm -hmm. so smart. It's good advice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Plus, all you do is go up to those big schools and get in trouble your freshman year. Not me. Not you. Not you. Well, keep her at home and and have her come in and help us do a few things. So so where do you see, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier just the growth in numbers over the last several years from roughly 50 to potentially a couple hundred. 
this will be kind of a challenge to me, but what's your biggest barrier right now to continued growth? Is it facilities? Is it? What, I would say yes, probably and de- facilities. In FFA, yes. That's so definitely. On, the, on the ag side, mm-hmm. on the barn side? Mm-hmm. Yes, because many of the kids, in order to be in FFA, you have to be in one ag class, at least taking one ag class. So that drives the FFA numbers anyway. Mm-hmm. And then like we were saying, when she was talking about some kids get put into these classes and they didn't really mean to or want to be put in, they end up loving it, staying. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that it, it, yeah, it's, we're going to have to have a bigger barn because when they texted me last night the, they, with this meeting and all these people, I thought only a few people were going to be there because we'd already had one meeting prior to this where a bunch of people had come. We were just going to kind of do the scraggle. Well, a whole bunch of people came. It was came. a lot of scragglers. Yeah. And so <laughs> a whole new group. The only yes, thing, and I think a lot of it came from like our freshman kids. Right. Yeah. Um, I think 17 or something. And all I could think of when I see this text is, oh, wow, we just reconfigured our barn to take on more animals and it's not going to be enough. So my first instinct is to say, well, remember, there's a cap on how many we can take, but I hate to say that to them yeah. as well. It's like, yeah. well, you could always raise a rabbit because you can raise those at home. So, yeah, that's probably our biggest, yeah. going to be and our we'll, biggest We'll obstacle. figure it out. Um, and we're very fortunate that we've, I guess, opened a lot of people's eyes to what FFA offers to these kids because we have been enumerated with so many sponsors willing. Mm-hmm. I mean, these kids don't come from a lot of money in our district. And But yet they have this drive, they have this desire, they want to raise an animal. So we've gotten lucky that we've gotten a lot of sponsors that have really opened up their hearts and their pocketbooks and yeah, helped and these what kids they buy do, their animals. Yeah, they, pick, they so. give $500. And we have, I think, $11,800 was what I counted up from last year. Of all, you add up all the, here's 500 to buy your animal and here's 200 to pay for it this year. And a bunch of that happened. And so we've got, those people love they either have been in FFA or they just have a great love of kids doing what they want it to do and they right. want to support that. These teachers are amazing at what all of the networking that they do in order to get these kids, these kids that are really interested in it but don't have the money. They're finding those sponsors. I mean, it's... Our, I don't think... I wouldn't ever say our job stops. Like we're... Unless we're sleeping... Constant networking. And usually <laughs> while we're sleeping, we're dreaming about something else we can do. But yeah, I mean, we're constantly networking. We're constantly reaching out to people, whether it's me trying to find veterinarians and clinicians for my vet science students to get into, or it's trying to wheel and deal with somebody to get this built for us, or, you know, Jennifer even, you know, she's working on trying to get us a second truck right now Mm -hmm. um, because we've now got two trailers because we've got so many animals, or taking kids to shows, or whatever the case may be, we are constantly, constantly working. You might have a kid call you at 9, 30, 10 yeah. o'clock at night. I just went and fed and my animal's limping. What do I do? <laughs> well, okay, I and guess I need to go. And call me in the morning. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was that easy. I know. I know. Yeah. Don't but, give them aspirins, kids. Don't do Sam's, that. Hockey pups. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give them aspirins. Anyway, so, yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes, oh, it's bleeding. It won't stop. You get up out of bed, get some clothes on, and you go to the barn oh. and figure it out. So That's the thing that people don't realize. The public, again, if, unless you're in it or you've had a kid through it, you don't realize how much you guys put into this. Your, your personal time, your personal money, your personal energy. I know Elizabeth's over here nodding her head. She, as a kid, she realizes it. As a, as a student, she realizes it. So you mentioned just real quick. I want to touch on this real briefly. Um, the partnerships and how you're constantly out there networking. I know the number of vets that partnered have 
quadrupled. It seems like mm-hmm. in the last, in, you know, in, in one, one year. year. Mm-hmm. Once they kind of got a feel, I guess, mm-hmm. for what we're about. On the ag side, uh, I know you talked about those who are willing to contribute money so we can buy the animal and help feed it and raise it. Do we see as much involvement or the continued growth of in, of support? from some of our outside partners on the Absolutely, I think so. We actually side. had a lady came last night and she she works in the district but her daughter went to school in another school district and um, raised animals and that kind of thing. Um, she's graduated. This lady's like, I got to do something for my school district. So she came to our meeting last night and donated. Yeah, so five, yeah, not I, even, mean, I mean $500, right? Yes, I mean, it, yes, it was a, that's yep. going to buy a child an animal or several animals, depending on what they choose, right. plus food. I mean, that's huge. And I think my big thing that I want everyone to know is that it's not um, education and businesses and the community are not separate entities. It's what you're doing for your, like what she says, I I love A-Leaf. Isn't she a teacher in A-Leaf? Yes, yes. Yeah, and she wants to give back. Well, this is the best way like for the community to know what we're doing. We're producing high-quality kids with great skills and great personalities that are just going to filter right back into right. that community and be great citizens within your community. And so to, for you to sponsor those kids, that's, that's good. It's, it's great. Huge. It's critical. I mean, I always say even if you decide after you've, shown that animal and it's gone to market, that kind of thing, that you're not ever having that kind of animal again. If nothing else, you've gotten the experience out of that and you've gained so much from that. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. Like I said to start this with, my, I, I wake up every day just trying to figure out how to give kids opportunities. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's it. Elizabeth, I'm going to let you wrap this up. From a student's perspective, if you were standing in front of a bunch of ninth graders or eighth graders talking about veterinary science and what are you What are you telling them? And maybe you've done this before, but what are you, What are you telling them that 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 you think they should they should know? Uh, I have done this before, but it was like to middle schoolers. Was that day? It was middle yes, school. Yeah, so. middle mm-hmm. schoolers. Um, they just asked me a bunch of questions. Like, I mean, I had a dog with me. They were more distracted by the dog. Yeah. <laughs> but I tell them if this is something that interests you, uh, you can sign up for this program. We do a lot of hands-on here. The social skill you have with uh, clients, uh, professionals, like I said earlier, opportunities. Uh, this is like testing the waters of, for your future career if you're interested to go this time. It doesn't necessarily have to be a veterinarian um, doctor. You could be like a CVA like I, like I am right now or just a vet tech. But this class is the right down that path to where you want to go. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> Anything else? We're so proud of our kids. They're doing such great things. (laughs) I'm proud of I'm proud of you guys because it's kind of gratifying watching not only this facility be built, but the programs within it, and then watching it actually happen, and watching the the amount of effort and work that adults put into all this is it's extremely gratifying. Mm -hmm. And then obviously the kids get get the ultimate benefit out of it. Did you ever think you're going to go to a school that looked like this? No. I wish all our schools looked at this. I like our schools, but this probably was is my favorite building. Yeah, that's not great. because of the programs, but the teachers. Who you guys are great. Aww, you're so nice. <laughs> well, it, it, it's it, it, this is this part of it's not very complicated. If you want it to work, you got to have the right teacher. Mm-hmm. 
And if you don't have the right teacher, it will not work. Yeah, I never thought I'd be a CVA, but yeah. I am. Yeah. Look at you. Guess what? Guess what? Look at you with those letters. Well, thank you. <laughs> exactly. You got letters behind your name now. That's right. I told, Well, they all make fun of me because I always, you know, I'll write my name and then I'll put my LVT after mm-hmm. it. And so now, like, once they all started getting their CVAs, I was like, look, now you get to put your little letters after your name. <laughs> yeah, you need so. actually business cards. Yeah. yeah. That's the yeah. next thing. That's right. All right. Well, thank you guys again. Appreciate y'all participating in this. We're gonna we're gonna stay in touch because and we're gonna we'll keep up and kind of keep up with where you are, Elizabeth. I'm gonna kind of follow you. She won't get rid of me. I'll I'll be in touch. Uh, we'll find her. True. I'm just trying to get myself in the clinic <laughs> right now. <laughs> this has been Impact Ed, and uh, we appreciate everyone for uh, joining this episode. Hope you found it enlightening and in, and interesting. Thank you. You guys have a great day. This has been an AMP production.